The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's not just about increasing your revenue. It's not just about increasing your profits. One of the key ways of doing this is by decreasing your risk. You become more like an investor. Pull yourself away from the business. Invest in your business. Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. When a private equity investor values your company, they don't just look at the profits. They look at what's called the EBITDA times your industry multiple. Now, let's talk about that in a little bit more detail. The multiplier is an industry-based standard market rate. It's, if you say it's, it's what the market is paying for it. But the reality is you could actually change this multiple. What does that mean? How do you increase the multiple? Well, you do this by decreasing the risk in your business. Let me help you explain how that might actually happen. What we found is there's 40 key different strategies to help reduce that risk for your company. When you keep on reducing some of those risks, you increase the value. So let's give an example of what that is. Let's say you are the key, not only owner, but the key contributor to the business. You not only help sell the profit, but you're actually in the back room making the profit as well. The problem with that is if somebody's going to buy your business, that's high risk. You're the key and most important person in the company. How you help reduce that risk is you find ways to help automate those processes. That increases your value. You find ways to bring in additional people to help you sell, to help you make the product. And by doing that, you're going to continue to increase the value of your business. What we've done is we've actually taken a key part around this. We can do an assessment for you. We can actually look at these 40 different levers, the 40 most impactful levers, and we'll analyze which of those are going to have the biggest impact And then we prioritize those. We're not going to work on all 40. We might only work on two or three or four or five. What we're going to do is work on the things that are going to have the biggest bang for your buck. And by doing that, it's going to do some amazing things. For example, if you're an owner and you are doing what most owners are typically doing, they're doing three, four, five, 17 different things within the company. By learning how to de-risk, start acting more like a shareholder rather than in the business all the time, we're going to have you start working on the business. We want you to start acting like a shareholder. We want you to start looking like your company is a a shareholder, a stock price. And we're going to find ways to keep on moving that stock value up. And this is the surprising thing. It's not just about increasing your revenue. It's not just about increasing your profits. But the reality is, is one of the key ways of doing this is by decreasing your risk. Unless you've been a part of multiple different companies, this is the tough reality. And this is the secret. Some people, many investors, will actually take advantage of you. They know you aren't aware of this. And so what happens when you get to the negotiating table, they're aware of these 40 different strategies. And so you think your company's worth a certain amount. Let's say, for example, you have a million dollar business, million dollars in EBITDA or earnings, we'll just call it to keep it simple. You have a million dollars in earnings 
and let's say the multiple for your company is a five. All right, so that one million dollars in earnings times five multiple means you're worth five million dollars. Most people think, oh, the only way I can help increase the value of my business is by increasing profit. That's not true. Let's assume you are having a hard time increasing the profitability of your business. You have to put a ton of investment into that. You might find, though, by decreasing the risk of your business, you can increase the multiple. Let's think about this. Increase your multiple from five to six. Now, all of a sudden, your business is worth $6 million. What's that? That's an incredible increase, a million-dollar increase just by decreasing the risk, which increases the multiple, which increases the value for you. And that's ultimately what you get to bring home when you are selling your company and then you could become the investor that's going to create a crazy amount. See, investors are coming in once again. They're trying to buy your company for low and sell it high. We want to change this whole thing around. We want to make sure that you are selling high. You are selling with the most premium amount in the market. So your house, you think about it like selling a house. What do people often do? You know, if you sell a house that's worn down, doesn't have paint, uh, perhaps the kitchen's all busted up, your bathroom's not working, okay, somebody's going to buy that for really low. But if you sell that house and you make this beautiful, you put a beautiful kitchen in it and you paint it and you do all the different other fixing around it to make it look beautiful, you even stage the house. So when people walk in, they see it looks great. That's what we're talking about here when it comes to business. The same exact thing that you do with selling a house, you could do with your business as well. You have to woo your investors and bring as many in by decreasing the risk, making your house look pretty. That's going to make your business look great. It's going to enable you to sell it for the most amount of value that you can. So let's go to the analogy once again of living in that house, right? You live in a house and you're a typical homeowner and you're going to sell it. Right? And once again, the real estate market is going to take advantage of you. Well, that's how it is once you're an entrepreneur multiple times. If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to be taken advantage of when people are acquiring your company because you aren't aware what's happening in the market. You're not researching it. You're not fully understanding it. And you have this entire market out here and agents that are taking advantage of you. So what we want to do is change your mind. Change your mind so you start thinking like a shareholder or if you may in this analogy, like a real estate agent. Okay, you want to have your company built in a way so you are thinking about, hey, if I invested in this company, would I buy it? Would I buy this company that I have right now? And if your answer is no to that, who do you, why do you think somebody else is going to buy it, right? You want to help make sure that you are doing all the small things to help create more value out of it. When you go towards this, Think about it. How can you, if you're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week and somebody's coming in saying, hey, I want to buy your business, they're going to be like, hey, how are we going to replace your 70 hours if you end up walking away, right? We can't, right? We have to actually keep you in the business and we have to then automate you or bring in other people to help get that done. You, you may have read the book, Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. It's a fantastic book. Big fan of it. Now, this is the reality is most owners and entrepreneurs aren't working four hours a week. No, 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 no. You get this. You're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. You don't even, you don't even keep track of the number of hours because if you did, in some cases, you'd realize you're making as much as a McDonald's employee. This is the reality. You want to make it so you do get to that four-hour work week. How do you do that? Once again, you become more like an investor. Pull yourself away from the business. Invest in your business. You want to get it so it's like working like clockwork. So you can sleep at night. You can go to the gym. 
and you could come in and check in on your business. You could check in your KPIs. You could look at your different aspects of it, and you know your company's operating well. That is the type of business that somebody buy. That's when you start acting like an investor rather than just an entrepreneur. Through my career, I've had the love. My entire career has been spent working with small, I mean small, meaning startup type companies to companies up to about $100 million in revenue. That's been where the majority of my career has been spent. But I've had this fortunate part of being trained by Fortune 500 executives. What does that mean? In Fortune 500 companies, they have the expertise and they have the knowledge and they have the resources to teach you how to do strategic planning and execution the right way, or at least better than you would be able to at a small to medium-sized business. But the problem is many people who try to apply those Fortune 500 principles, they come straight from one of those companies and they work in a small to medium-sized business, they get frustrated because they realize they don't have the same talent, they don't have the same system, and they don't have the same resources to actually get things done. Well, the good news is I was trained from Fortune 500 executives, but within private companies. So therefore, all these huge concepts, I've learned and, and apply them in a practical type way. That's so different than the, than the typical experience that you see. You know, have somebody come in and they're like, oh, I've done this one time. Folks, one time is not an experience. Have you been with seven different companies that have gone from 2X to 7X? I've been fortunate enough to be in those particular situations. And now we can help provide, we do, we provide this knowledge to our clients on a consistent matter. So we have this big four breakdown on how to help companies get things done, how they can help increase the value. And we have these key four focus areas. The first focus area is money matters. What does this mean? Hey, we figure out what is your financial health and what are the future proofing strategies to help make sure you not only have consistent cash, but you're consistently creating cash in the future. Number two is people. Hey, people still matters. Regardless of all the different tools and systems and AI and all the things you might be hearing about on TV, people still matter. And so you have to focus on creating a great team dynamics and you have to create leadership in your company and then you want to propel that leadership throughout your entire organization. Without great people, you're not going to have a great organization. And the reality is this, a lot of people acquiring your company are buying it for the people. They want to make sure they have highly trained people that are going to be there after the company's acquired. Number three is you have to learn how to work smarter. We mentioned beforehand that concept about Tim Ferriss in a four-hour work week. This is what we want to think about is working smarter. We're going to help provide you insights on process optimization and efficiency. Now we're gonna go back to systems. We absolutely are gonna start using, if you aren't already using generative AI in your business, we're gonna absolutely help make sure you're working on the right systems. We are gonna make sure of everything we do to help eliminate waste and increase value. That is working smarter. And the great thing is today is it costs so much less to solve a problem than it used to. And finally, we wanna stand out, okay? Standing out, is by we're gonna have different strategies that's gonna make you different from your competition. We're gonna make sure that customers perceive you better than anybody else out there. You know, the funny part is this, you can have two companies standing side by side, and when those two companies stand standing side by side, it might from the outside appear that they're same, but when you walk in, you will feel it being different. Based on their service, based on their customer service, you will find that they're standing out. They're creating the greatest amount of value. And so you, when you focus on those four things, money matters, people, 
working smarter, and standing out, we have our 40 strategies fit in to those four key areas to help make sure you're going to create the greatest amount of value. So when trying to identify the right strategies, that is a challenge, right? What happens with it a lot of times when you're working with different individuals is they're going to come in with their cookie cutter approach and do the same thing every time. Or you're going to work with a specialist and they're going to say, I'm going to help fix your sales or I'm going to help fix your cash. But the problem is there are problems elsewhere in the organization and you aren't actually fixing anything because you don't understand where the value actually is. One of the things that we do is what's called a value stream map. What does that mean? Well, what it means is we actually look at the beginning of your process when you actually get a sale, let's say a purchase order. And we track that all the way through to the delivery of your product or service. And then we identify along the way how long it takes you to deliver that, which is called your process time, each one of those stages. And then the entire thing we look at is the cycle time. That is, once again, from beginning to end. Now, what happens with most organizations is when they're doing this value stream map is they'll go and they'll try, they'll just try to correct it or they'll fix a particular process area. But the reality is it's the waste in between that's costing you money. It's when something's paused. What's an example of this? So I had a client who was trying to apply this value stream mapping. And they said, hey, Carl, I've got this specific problem and I need to fix this particular process in time. Well, we looked at the value stream map for this company and we found it took them 140 hours from receiving a purchase order to delivering their service. Okay, so this is the problem with that is they were trying to focus on fixing one four-hour process time within that. But what we found in between is that it only took 24 hours to complete their particular service while it took 140 hours to actually deliver it. So what did we do? We helped eliminate the waste in between that process. We found that there was different departments that that product and that service was being held up because of, if you may, bureaucracy that they had in between. We helped reduce that. We actually got down the cycle time down to 40 hours. Now think about that. We dropped them 140 hours down to 40 hours. Think of how much more cash they were generating because they were able to reduce down the amount of time that took to deliver their service. As a result of that, their profits doubled. This is just one example of by applying these key 40 strategies, we found ways to help, once again, de-risk, take, take away the different items that are preventing you from making more money and help to increase the value of making money. And this did two things. It not only increased their profits, but it helped decrease the risk, which also improved their multiplier. So it had a double impact and value for this company. As we mentioned, there are 40 key strategies to help increase the value of your business. So you can start acting like a shareholder in it. Now, some people might go, I need to work on all 40 strategies in chronological order. Well, we are going to present this to you every single week. We're going to give you a new strategy to help increase the value of business. But this is the best part is you don't have to wait to do it in chronological order. Matter of fact, you shouldn't do it in chronological order. We want you to help take an assessment and that assessment is going to help identify which of those 40 are going to have the biggest impact on the value of your business? That's right. One single assessment can help us identify whether we should work on strategy two, seven, and 10 as an example. And then we'll focus our time and energy on those three things 
And by working on those three things, we're going to help make sure we create the biggest return on investment for you. By focusing from that perspective, because we recognize you can't fix all of them. You don't have nothing, but we will make sure you're going to get the biggest return on investment. Matter of fact, our experience is when somebody's working with us with 40 Strategy, they at least get a three to one return. Many companies get a 10 to one return. We even have other companies that have had a 100 to one return by using these strategies to help increase the value of your business. If you are one of these small to medium-sized business owners or entrepreneurs, or perhaps you're even the CEO of a small to medium-sized business, I encourage you to contact us right now. It's time for you to start working on your business. And the best way to do that is do one of our 40 strategy assessment. Click on this link, send me an email, and we'll actually send you the assessment. Send it to Carl J. Cox at 40strategy.com and you'll find out which of the key strategies you should be focused on to help increase the value of your business right now. Look forward to connecting with you. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.